Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. Let's get started with another awesome episode. I can't wait because we have another special guest on the show. I got to talk to Huyen Nguyen, who's a field researcher for the organization Save Vietnam's Wildlife. And she's going to talk to me about a forest creature with some of the coolest adaptations in the animal kingdom. The pangolin. You may not have heard of pangolins before because not many people talk about them, but they look very similar to armadillos. They have scales on their back that look like armor and a long pointed nose. And in my interview with Hoyen, we're going to talk about these cool features. There are eight different species of pangolins, and they can be found in the forests of Africa and Asia. Some of them spend a lot of their time on the ground, but other species live in trees. And they have something called a prehensile tail, which is a tail that helps them grasp onto things. And this basically assists them when they're climbing trees. A lot of monkeys also have prehensile tails. Most other animals with tails, like cats, don't have prehensile tails. Because of their similar appearance to the armadillo and the anteater, a lot of people may think that they're the pangolin's closest relatives, but a lot of research into their DNA suggests that they're more similar to carnivores like cats and dogs. Because there's multiple species of pangolin, they're very diverse in their size. For example, the giant pangolin can weigh up to 70 pounds and be 4 feet long while the black-bellied pangolin only weighs around 3 pounds and can get up to a foot long. And they've also been known to live for up to 20 years. It's hard to talk about pangolins without talking about their conservation. They are critically endangered and one of the most trafficked animals in the world. And we're going to get into more detail about this when I talk with Huyen. Pangolins are insectivores, meaning that they mainly eat ants and termites and they find their prey by digging through anthills with their claws. But one strange thing about them is that they don't have any teeth. Instead, they have these really long tongues that can get to around 10 inches long. And they swallow their food whole because they can't chew. They also swallow small rocks that stay in their stomach, and these rocks help break down the insects that they swallow. And because they live in forests, they have some predators like jaguars and large snakes. And when they come in contact with those predators, they have a few defense mechanisms. First of all, their scales are really tough to penetrate, so they curl up into a ball to protect themselves, and it's basically impossible to pry them open. Second, they also have scent glands that release a really horrible smell, like a skunk, if they get frightened. They also use scent to communicate with each other, but we'll get more into that when I talk with Huyen. Pangolins also reproduce relatively slowly, usually having only one offspring per year, 
and young pangolins will actually ride on their mother's back. I recommend you all go look this up because it's adorable. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, I'm going to be going more in-depth about pangolins with our special guest, Huyen. Time for a trivia question. How many legs does a centipede have? Okay, this was kind of a trick question. Centipedes have different amounts of legs depending on the species and how many body segments they have. Some of them could have only 15 legs, while others can have over 170 legs. Okay, we're back. Here's my interview with Huyen. Hi, Huyen. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Thank you. Uh... Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast to talk about pangolins. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm excited too. (laughs) Okay, so before we get into pangolins, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, So I am working at Research uh, Safe Vietnam Wildlife, uh, leading conservation in uh, conserving pangolin in Vietnam. And before that, I have studied environmental science uh, in my university, and I found my interest in uh, the natural resource management. That's when and some opportunity that brought me to uh, uh, my first job as a program officer at the at a conservation organizations. Uh, at that time, I uh, I'm working on um, the preventing the illegal wildlife trust. And pangolin, along with tiger, bears, uh, ele- elephants, are uh, the most trafficked uh, animal in the world, and also in Vietnam. That's great. Yeah, and there's like not a lot of people know about pangolins, so I'm really interested to see. Yeah. Uh, to hear about them, uh, and can you talk a little bit about uh, Save Me- Vietnam's wildlife and and what their mission is and what you do there specifically? Uh, we aim to recover the population of endangered animals uh, in Vietnam, so in the forest, and protect uh, the biodiversity of our countries. That's awesome. So when you look at a pangolin, you might think that it's it's kind of like an armadillo because of its outer shell. Uh, so what are some main differences between these two organisms? So the front and the most different thing that you can easily see uh, in these two animals is the ear. Mm-hmm. Like the armadillo has a last ear in over, over above it has like a deer, while the pangolin they has a much smaller ears and is uh, and their ear is close to its eyes. And at, at the first glance you may see that they also had the uh, outer shelter, but the actually their armor is a quite different. Like um, the armadillo, they has a bony shoulder like a turtle, while the pangolins, their armor built up from their um, their tough and overlapping scale. Oh, wow. So armadillo armor is kind of one big bony shell while pangolins have overlapping scales. And pangolins have a really long snout. So does that mean that they have a good sense of smell? And do they have any other senses? Um, actually, pangolin had a poor eyesight and hearing. Uh, they ha- uh, they rely much on their acute olfactory sense. Just a side note that olfactory means a sense of smell. Um, and 
they use that they they use their excellent sense of smell to forest and to get away from dangers. And uh, when they are moving, they often make a stop to uh, smell and to orient their their location. Oh, yes. and so uh, <laughs> yeah, so being more nocturnal, so people were often dressed in their parlor and in the dance uh, during the day, and then be more active in the night. And because in the night time um, when they talk. Uh, their poor vision cannot be a limitation why their acute olfactory sense can become more, effect, uh, more effective to forage the, their prey. That's really cool. So they don't really need their eyesight because they mostly go out during the night anyways. Um, are they uh, more solitary animals or do they live in groups? And, and how do they communicate with each other? Um, pangolin are solitary, solitary animals. Um, they have their own home rings. And pangolin are silent animals. They, um, uh, they rely on their sense-based social interaction. That they leave their sense, um, sense marks with a combination of the, the urines and secretions uh, to demonstrate about their hair and sexual status. Um, vi- uh, vocalization uh, is limited to his, and when they sniffle, and um, yeah, when they often make this sound when they were threatened or when the male is try to approaching a female. Okay, so they communicate with each other by using scent glands, and they hiss when they're threatened. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty cool, um, and. Uh, going off of that last question, do they do they care for their young after they're born? I know you said that they they live in uh, burrows. So do they they have um, they do their young live in the burrows with them? Um, and what's their family dynamic like? Because they are solitary animals. Yeah. So um, only mother will take care of their offspring. Um, she will let the her young live in the her bur- burrow and uh, feed. Uh, her young auntie can independently feed itself, um, forest even food for itself. So um, the juvenile will go out of the burrow, the the burrow um, with its mother, and be transported on the bay of her tail or sometime on her bike when he's uh, when she is foraging. And uh, during this time, the mother will teach for her young how to find the food. And when the juvenile is uh, um, grow enough and it can independently find food for itself, it will need to leave uh, and find uh, another uh, territory for itself. That's interesting that the mother teaches them how to find food and they're kind of off on their own soon after that. Yeah. And uh, interesting thing about the how pangolin um, forest the food, besides the breaking the unnest, by using the four foot cross, uh, they also have intelligent way to uh, find the food. Like when they find an ant nest, so they will erect the scale and let the ant climb on its body. And really? uh, then, yeah, and, and then when the ant is beneath its scale, it can quickly close the scale and then trap the ant inside. 
<laughs> After that, it will jump into the water and then re-erect the scale to let the ant um, flush in the water and then consume the ants. That really shows how smart they are that they'll let the ant crawl on them and then they'll use the environment to their advantage. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, every species of pangolin is either endangered or close to being endangered right now. Um, so how are they important to the ecosystems that they live in and, and what are their biggest problems that they're facing right now? So pangolin are natural insect controller. Uh, their food are ant and termites. So basically pangolin play an important role in ecosystem uh, by contributing the regulation to um, ants and termites. And they also are prey of some carnivores as um, leopards and uh, lions. So they regulate insects and they're a prey species for other important animals. Yeah. Um, their behavior can impact on the rate of uh, turnover of organic matter, aeration, uh, mineralization, and um, water infiltration um, rates. So I think they quite important for our ecosystem. Um, yeah, absolutely. The most, yeah. So, uh, pangolin now are one of the most trafficked animal in the world, and um, the high demand of them in China and Southeast Asia countries lead to an uh, overexploitation of them in the forest. And um, people consume pangolin meat with the belief that they are rich of protein and nutrients and are good for their organ, like um, kidney or liver, something uh -huh. like that. And um, yeah. also pangolin scale um, are the often used in the medical application. Um, they are some ingredient of the um, traditional Chinese medicines. So uh, when they become fewer and fewer, their price in the market is uh, higher and higher. And that is the main drive for the over-exploitation of the pangolin in the forest, for people to hunt them and snare them for, to, for trace. Oh, wow. That's really sad. And it's just... Um shows you said how important that they are to the ecosystem and and if they're lost then that can almost break the entire food web down yeah um so how can all of us like normal people how can we stop the mistreatment of these animals and support their conservation uh so i think the most important is that we need to change the people behavior uh, in pangolin consumption by increasing their awareness about the about this species, um, by reducing the demand of uh, pangolins in the market, the wild population will not be threatened by overexploitation, and we then can build up the reintroduction program to recover their population in the place that they were local uh, locally extinct. Yeah, I think the best way is a change of people behavior. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the first step is educating people on these animals and how important they are. Yeah. Yeah. And before you go, uh, where can we find more information about Save Vietnam's Wildlife? 
Yes, of course. Though every year uh, we rescue thousands of animals, including hundreds of pangolins. Uh, we had a rescue center with the experienced vet and keepers to take care of rescue animals, uh, make sure that they are at good conditions to be released to the wild. And uh, we also had education and community outreach team to increase people awareness of wildlife and um, change the change uh, behavior on wildlife consumption. Um, we will do our best to stop wildlife in Vietnam from the extinctions. So that's all the activity that we uh, try to do to, you know, conserve the wildlife in Vietnam. That's that's really great. You guys are doing such amazing work and important work that needs to be done. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you again. I really learned so much about pangolins and their conservation. Thank you for inviting me to for the interview and uh, your work is so you know interesting and also important for introduce a rare animal to people because not many people will know about some of the animal like pangolin. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. That was such a cool interview. It's so upsetting that these pangolins are at such great risk of becoming extinct because of what people are doing to them. They really need all the help they can get. So if you want to help out pangolins, you should absolutely check out Save Vietnam's Wildlife. There are also some other places that you can look into if you want to help pangolins, such as Save the Pangolins, the Pangolin Crisis Fund, and the Pangolin Specialist Group. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of the pangolin. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at www.onwildlife.org. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday to learn about a new animal. And that's On Wildlife. Listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray, brought to you every Wednesday.